Talk Wordy to me. How to be sad. Talk Wordy episode four. So we're on a mission to reclaim the words that we're so often told we shouldn't think or feel. I'm Emily. I'm Lydia. And this time we're talking about how to be sad. Mm. What, what are we thinking? Crying? Yeah, I'm thinking a weepy on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, feeling sad, maybe feeling lonely. Celine Dion, weeping. <laughs> yep. <laughs> God, I remember that album. All the French songs. Yep, yep. That one always got me going. Um, Gin, Mother's Ruin. Nice. Yeah. You're thinking of all the fun things. I'm thinking of like (laughs) depression, grief, loss. I mean, that's there too. That's there too, absolutely. And it's not to be ignored. But if I had to lean into one, it would be Gin. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing surprising about that. So how to be sad. Um, And obviously we've had the event that sits with this podcast, which was quite a juicy one, wasn't it? It Yeah, it was amazing. It It was a very different sort of feeling in the room um, and it was amazing to have everyone there sharing but certainly different tonally to the other words that we've explored yeah and you can find out all the details of our events on our facebook page talk wordy to me bristol and also on our instagram just to let you know we're really really pleased to be diving into this a bit deeper with beth french beth has founded the most fantastic organization let's talk about loss and they're a charity that's on a mission to create these safe spaces for young people who are aged between 18 to 35 to talk about the reality of what it's like to actually lose someone. Yeah, an incredible organisation that really has totally been aligned with what we're trying to do, open stuff up, demystify it, get people into a room talking to one another to, you know, just make people feel comfortable that they're not the only ones feeling what they're feeling. What's amazing about Beth and, you know, her coming in and sharing and having a chat about it is how incredibly positive she is Mm. as a person, even though talking about sadness and particularly accessing it through grief with her. But there's this incredible positivity from her and a real energy and that just feels so light and... And so sunny in what could be quite a dark topic actually yeah absolutely right i can't wait to i can't wait to share it um before we get to chatting to beth though as ever on the night how to be sad we did ask a few of you what you thought when you hear the word sad sad elton john sad songs say so much crying is just an extra outlet of emotion I mean, I cry a lot when I'm happy, let alone being sad. Sometimes it's nice to just cry. I think I feel, like, worried because I'm not sure, like, how long I can be sad for before I'm, like, maybe depressed or something. It's okay if there's a reason for it. And then if there stops being a reason, maybe that's then going into something else. Yeah, beyond sad. For some reason, when I hear the word sad, I just see, like, colour grey. Sort of like a dreary, sort of grey sky. I don't know if that's just the way sad's been perceived over the years, but when I hear the word sad, sometimes I see like pathetic. You know, when people say, like, oh, that's sad, that's lame, that sort of sad, as well as the emotion. So I, I grew up up north in a mining community, and it was, um, it was a tough thing. You, you weren't supposed to cry, and you weren't supposed to... Um, uh, moan about stuff you were to get a grip and get on with it you know I never cried until I was in my 40s and I had cancer and I was lying in my bed one day I was listening to Jacqueline Dupre playing a cello and I was just weeping 
for the first time. But that wasn't a kind of sadness of grief or anything like that. It was almost a pleasure in the world. Uh, you know, and in the significance of things. The first thing I brought up was sad songs and that sad songs don't necessarily make me feel sad. And like, sad is a good emotion. And yeah, what is happiness without sadness? You need to have a contrast for the good thing to be good. What if the universe was the same color as the stars? You wouldn't be able to see the stars anymore. Sad. Oh, I love that chat. It's so brilliant to have people just come in and share as they do and all the multitude of relationships with these words and reactions to them. It's incredible. And that's just a slice. I think that's mm. so important for us to remember and especially if, as you're listening to this. Like, they're just such a small flavour, aren't they, of what we actually talk about on the night. Um, yeah, and you range from this incredible poetic sort of um, very deep statements to chatting about Elton John and I think that I mean, he's in a nutshell <laughs> now come on he is. and that in a nutshell I think really does show what people bring to the room yeah absolutely and don't forget you can come and join us too please do find out more about us on Facebook and find out ways that you can come and be part of that we'd love love to have come you come one come all <laughs> as part of our conversation there on the evenings so hopefully that's got the thoughts juicing and got the thoughts flowing a little bit um, now it's over to Beth it's Beth's turn and to start things off, again, nothing rocket science. We always ask the very same question. What she thinks of when she hears the word sad. The colour grey. Tell me more. So, you know, you just think sad are, oh, the flowers are wilting, it's probably raining, and it's just grey and blue, but not a nice blue, a mm. sort of grey blue. The blue that we get in Britain with the sky you know not the nice Mediterranean blue the British blue and I I just feel a bit sort of limp and I actually had someone say to me the other day um they were talking about uh grief and their sort of days that trigger them and days that they just feel low and they said oh I feel like an bit of overcooked spaghetti oh, and I thought great. that was the best description yes. <laughs> of how I feel when I'm sad when you've overcooked your spaghetti you just think oh no it just doesn't look no great no wants an overcooked spaghetti it's not quite as tantalising as a delicious bowl of steaming bolognese is it exactly um, so tell me yeah you touched on grief obviously this is the sort of angle one of the reasons we wanted to speak to you is let's talk about loss what, what an amazing organisation maybe somewhere to start is to talk a little bit about that and how you how you set that up yeah great let's talk about loss is um, a charity that supports young people aged 18 to 35 who are bereaved so so they can be bereaved of anyone at any time in their life but I guess um, the thing for me with starting it um, I was 20 when my mum died and so I felt like I wasn't a child but I definitely didn't feel like an adult I hadn't got the whole adult life admin thing down I'm quite yet sure when no. that comes in I'm still, 36 still waiting yeah, so. still waiting as well um, <laughs> and I think that I realized that there was this time in your life when you're going through so much change and so much 
like difference in your life and all these new things and actually it's a really lonely time if you haven't got people around you so we started meetup groups where young people can come they meet monthly basically just hang out and and have someone to share life with um and that's where it all came from really just this desire of mine to selfishly have friends who were grieving and you know knew what that was like that's where it started but i think that's so often the case isn't it it's like we're in these these sort of slightly more isolated disconnected it is something that came up a lot actually at the event this this relationship with connection and this word of sad um and that thing of yeah not feeling like but maybe it's the same with most emotions I don't know yeah because when you think of the word sad you don't tend to think of a group of people do you you're sort of thinking of like one person being sad alone and actually what's great about the meetups is that we're all still sad but we're doing it together mm. you know also that makes me think of your cards yeah I've got like I found um you know researching a bit of you I found them and I've actually ordered loads there's an amazing one with the hug yeah with someone hugging the other person and I'm just like that is just that is glorious, that yeah. thing of being with somebody in these sort of uncomfortable emotions, I guess. Yeah, and the thing with bereavement cards is that they're always, they look sad. Mm. And so one thing for me was when I received bereavement cards, I was like, why are these just reminding me of how sad I am? I already know how sad I am. My mum just died. I don't need all the cards on my mantelpiece to remind me. So we've tried to use bold colours and, you know, encouraging messages. And the reality is, it's still sad to receive a bereavement card, but at least there's some sort of joy in that, that they're like beautiful cards to look at, rather than them just making you sort of depressed about the fact that you're grieving, like, you know? I'm there. Yeah. yeah. I'm really interested in there, you talking about that thing of there's an acknowledgement here of the emotion. And again, that was something that in our in our talking about sad of, well, with again, with all the words at all wordy, really, I think it's one of the key things of what we're kind of, yeah, exploring is this thing of, yeah, I feel sad and it doesn't feel great, maybe. Maybe some people enjoy it. I haven't met a lot of people that have a lot of ease with it. But that thing of, well, it just sounds like that's kind of quite a big part of what, what you're up to. Definitely. And I think when you are bereaved, the reality is that's a sad thing, you know? You can't but, escape. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's embrace that and let's think about how we can make sadness less of a lonely experience, less of a sort of alienating experience, but actually within community be sad and actually I think one of the things I hate 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 most in the world is when people say how are you and you say I'm fine fine oh, yeah okay great <laughs> I hate it because what does it even mean mm. fine is such a non word it's such a non-emotion yeah. when you say I'm fine thanks what are you actually saying like what I just don't get it. It's not a word we ever use in any other sentence, but I'm fine, thanks, how are you? So I was thinking about, like, if you were trying to tell someone who didn't know any English what fine meant, what would you even tell them? It means a sort of nothingness that means we can't be bothered or we're too scared or, you know, society's not letting us say what our true emotion is. So we're using fine as this like seat filler emotion. Hate it. Don't so if you ever ask me how I am, I'll say I'm great or I'm good or no, I'm not great. 
You know, because... One of my favourites is I'm like, I'm a bit medium today. Oh, great. I love that. Yes, that's really, su- isn't it? such a better way of saying I'm fine. Because I'm just thinking as you're saying that as well, when else would I use fine? You were saying about when else we use it. I would use it if someone said, how was that meeting? I'd say, oh, it was fine. That is not good, is it? No. I don't think that's a particularly positive... No, but then it's not... It's not sad. It's no. not angry. It's not bad. Yeah. Or good. Oh, it's yeah. just it's just weird, and I just hate it. I hate great. it. I hate it. But yeah. it's so scary, isn't it? But that's so, great. Let's practice it. Yeah, I think let's absolutely yeah. practice that. Yeah. I I always worry that when people ask me and I say, "Oh, I'm amazing," they think, "Oh, you're so stuck up. You're so arrogant." You know. But actually, yeah, but isn't that awful? It's that so important it. that with all the words that you've been chatting about with Taught Wordy, you've got to reclaim that and say actually this is who I am and this is the sort of day I'm having and I'm not saying you need to tell the guy in the co-op or you know he's almost the easiest guy (laughs) well sometimes in a weird way sometimes but if there's people that you trust you can say yeah I'm sad today and instead of that shutting down the conversation let's allow that to start the conversation and say okay well sadness is okay but is there a way that I can help you with that, come alongside you with that? And that's what we try and do at Let's Talk About Loss, is say, of course we're all sad. Of course, like, we've all been bereaved. There's nothing sort of joyful about that. But we do so much laughing together and sort of supporting each other through it. And I think that makes sadness something that's not so negative anymore yeah 100% we were talking about it actually in terms of crying Mm. so crying in public something that I was really interested to explore because this thing of when someone's crying what can we do along a similar theme to be like I'm with you I'm with you I'm just I'm here with you rather than what can I do to sort of change it because like you say there's a want to support and actually I think as human beings there's also a want to fix perhaps because yeah. we're uncomfy with that it's like yeah. oh my god they're not okay ah that means I'm not okay and ah yeah. I mean a slight insight into <laughs> my own personal experience there a bit too much information but yeah that kind of process and what you said there I really I'm really grateful for because it's that thing of okay I'm with you with this it's not that we should hurry it on but because I think there was a really interesting relationship with sad and then something which in the room there seemed to be a consensus was almost slightly a level lower of depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, obviously that's a very personal thing. I'm not saying by any means that that's everyone's experience, but I found that a really interesting way because actually maybe if we're not allowing that sadness to flow through or to be processed or to be shared, like you're talking about, there is that kind of stuckness perhaps that can creep in with a slightly different flavour to it. I I think that's so right. And I think that when we talk about the language that people use they say oh I'm really depressed today or something and depression is different to sadness and I think that there's the times where I felt sad actually have been very different experiences to the times I've maybe felt depressed or or sort of alone or whatever you know those words mean really different things so one thing for me is being really key about using the right words to describe what you are, and not just saying, I'm so depressed because H&M didn't have the trousers that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you're not depressed. You're, you're like a little bit sad, maybe, like gutted. Or, but, um, the frivolity of which we use yeah, it sort of yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that the key for thinking about sadness is allowing it and not, not preventing that becoming something 
more dangerous because actually like you know we know that a lot of people in the UK are struggling with their mental health a lot of young people really not knowing and not having the tools to understand their sort of their mental health and I'm I'm no doctor but is it the case that we haven't allowed them to sort of be sad about things and that has sort of spiraled into something else and I can't talk for anyone but I know that that is that is something that I've experienced where I wanted to put on this front after mum died and wanted to sort of be strong and be okay and be fine, whatever that looks like. Because it's uncomfortable. Exactly. So for, yeah, because understandably. That, and, and people praised me for that. People said, oh, aren't you doing so well? I think if they'd allowed me to sort of wallow in the sadness a bit, I might have started to process my grief earlier, which I think would have made it a healthier process for me and might have meant that I didn't have what happened to me which was a sort of fine 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 and suddenly I'm not fine and I'm really not fine um it's this dance though isn't it because it's this balance between allowing it being held in it and at the same time supporting it you know it's yeah so I'm interested I mean your relationship to sadness before your experience with your mum I'm interested to hear a bit more about that yeah I think as a child we're good at being sad and happy you know I love it when I see children just crying because something's upset them and I think yeah freedom in it yeah you just they're just releasing that emotion and then they pick themselves up and they're they're okay again because they've like got it out yet again it's learned from the children yeah (laughs) it definitely always is isn't it and and actually this it's it's key here to say that there is a difference between the sort of grief that I feel and the sadness that I feel. Thanks because, for bringing that. That's really yeah. interesting because those words, again... They're, they can be very interchangeable. Mm. And actually, I think sadness is probably a part of grief. But there are plenty of other emotions that you're feeling as part of that sort of grieving process. Talk me through, talk me through that sort of size. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> They talk about the stages of grief, and I don't subscribe to that particularly, because grief, as anyone who's experienced grief will know, is just a hot mess of everything. I'm literally like, I can see all that. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So you've got anger in there, you've got guilt, you've got confusion, you've got the sadness, you've got days of joy and days where you're great, you know? And, And all of that is like mixing in. Whereas I think... When I think about sadness, it's actually more of a sort of standalone emotion that my grief sort of is part of, but I can feel sad about other things as well that are in absolutely no way connected to, to mum and, and that grief and, and what happened to me there. And certainly as a child, I would I would feel sad about things. I have this big issue with me where I'm a bit of an achiever and a bit of an overachiever really and so if I'm not sort of reaching a certain level I really struggle with that and I remember just coming home from school and feeling sad if I hadn't felt like I'd done well enough in a in a school assignment or in the netball team or whatever that was and so it's not always something that's particularly dangerous or or negative sometimes you just think oh I'm really sad about that, actually, because that didn't go quite as well. But okay, that you know, I I can deal with that, and I can sort of you know, like the child, sort of dust myself up and and get on with it. You know, I think it's really interesting, absolutely. And I think this thing where sadness does just get kind of, it gets quite caught up with other 
Yeah, with other things. And one of the main reasons actually for us doing this talk was one day I was feeling really just sad and I was like, wow, this is a reminder of what just sadness purely on its own feels like because I think personally I'd got it caught up in lots of different other things. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder if our general concept, our general perception, again, thinking of the evening, it was really interesting how actually there wasn't a lot of conversation around grief, mm-hmm. which I was really surprised by because I thought, okay, sadness, there's, there's elements of mental health stuff that feel like quite an easy uh, a link, easy link, probably not quite easy, <laughs> feel like a link. Yeah. Um, um, and grief for me seemed the other one. Yeah. But we, yeah, I mean... You never know with these things how they go. That's the beauty of the, the live events. But it's interesting remembering this thing of sadness also being its own entity. Yeah, definitely. And and not needing always to explain it away with something bigger, mm. but actually just being okay with being sad sometimes. And I think I was talking to my doctor about my medication that I take and I'm on a very low dosage. And she said, oh, I know that you're having days where you're struggling a bit and you're not feeling yourself. And so it's mood medication. Yeah, yeah it's cool. anxiety medication. And I said, well, good, because I still want to experience the full range of emotions. And actually, I feel that this dosage for me is the right amount to sort of control my anxiety and control some of that where it's sort of spiralling, rolling away from me, but actually still allow me to feel all the emotions and have days where I think I'm a bit sad today because that's sort of human experience, isn't it? And I don't subscribe to the sort of society's rule that to be successful is to be happy all the time I just don't I just don't agree with that yeah like this is great as well sad with happy but again this thing of society's perception of how it should be it's so boring I'm so over it because actually when you get in conversations like this or you sit in the room at talk where do you you know maybe even amongst mates if you're hanging out with good people uh, like it's so liberating to realise like it just doesn't need to be like this we just need to have a little think about how we're framing stuff yeah exactly Exactly. Every conversation I have, people are nodding along saying, yeah, I don't subscribe to that either. And I think, well, who is? (laughs) Why is there these sort of taboos in society where it's not okay to to be sad? And one of my favourite hobbies is to cry because it's so helpful for me. But like, it's so healthy and it's a natural human experience. It literally cleanses that like your mind your body i just love a cry yeah and if we cry more often then we're in tune with those emotions and we're not sort of pushing everything down and bottling it up we're just we're just letting ourselves be sort of human and like how we were sort of made to be you know when you're talking about that i'm just like imagine if someone did that as well with a laugh yeah imagine if someone's laughing and they think oh i don't know it gives me almost goosebumps i'm like Imagine that. That's just as bonkers as what we're kind of talking about with the way that we suppress tears. Yeah. Like, if you heard someone laugh, although I have to say sometimes when I'm really cackling, I've been told to be quiet. <laughs> but, you know, um, I just think, yeah, imagine that. That would be a really... If we just allow ourselves to experience the full range of emotions, mm. then we're only going to be healthier for it. And actually, it's it's not... We don't need to buy a book or, you know, read all these online articles we know all of this already because like you said earlier it's it's stuff we do in childhood and then we're sort of conditioned to forget and sadness is like 
socially unacceptable and you have to put this brave face on I hate it mm. I hate it and and I'm don't get me wrong I, I do it all the time where I put a brave face on and someone asks me how are you and I want to say I'm sad but actually I say oh good thanks how yeah. are you but it's a practice isn't it you've got to just keep practicing yeah. it exactly and surround yourself with people like what you've set up with let's talk about loss you know surround yourself with people that are open to exactly. exploring this stuff and protect yourself by only sharing those truths about yourself with the people who you can really trust in that because you don't need to tell everyone how you're feeling but the people who can help you and support you through and just sit with you in that sadness Mm. they're the best people to tell because then you're making that acceptable in that friendship you've so um, from what you've shared I mean there's such there's such a shift in your experience of it in terms of yeah, I don't know, bits for the future or ideas you have around, I don't know, maybe it's the growth of your organisation or for yourself personally. I'd, I'd be really keen to hear any more ideas about any of that. Yeah, I'm so excited for the future of Let's Talk About Loss because it's... Me too, actually. Thank you. Me too. It's really refreshing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really excited. I just think it's such a simple concept, which is essentially friendship and kindness and people just being there for each other. And it's radical, you know, it's literally changing lives. And and people who are really struggling alone in their grief are finding themselves so much more connected. And I just want to see that grow. And I want to see more people sort of having that support. And I guess, aside from the actual people who are bereaved, also just thinking about breaking down some of the general taboos in society and getting everyone to just think more about, you know, putting your phone down or whatever and actually getting out, getting some real human connection, experiencing these real human emotions. I just think it's it blows my mind because it's such a simple idea. I'm no genius. I mean, you know, I'm just just doing what we were naturally sort of conditioned to do but we seem to have forgotten somehow and I hope that the work that I'm doing through Let's Talk About Loss can just show people that that it's so important to really be connecting with these emotions and letting them be whether that's grief or whether that's just just sadness for for something else you know another reason well I've literally just been like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like yes please because it's so part I guess of what really infused Lydia and my wanting yeah. for talk wordy there's just a real yeah. there's a lovely synergy with it the other thing that I think is really interesting is this combination of you know, in-person meetups that you, you're you're really facilitating, as well as a community online, am I right? Exactly. So again, I have to be honest, for Talk Wordy, there's a real mirroring because we're moving in this digital digital time and it's really important to have and really can be really supportive. But that, that in-person kind of, yeah, yeah. connection. Yeah. We're back to that word again, I guess. I think it's really important to have both because in this day and age everyone's online you know most people have got social media most people are using that to connect with others and actually what we find is that for the meetups in person everyone's got their brave face on everyone's got How their mask on you and know? also they're meeting new people as to yeah start of course stuff. it's a really scary thing yeah. to go along to a group of people who you don't know you know as, as much as I say I promise we're normal there's still a fear that we'll be a bunch of weirdos you know <laughs> again it's like I'm taught wordy I remember someone saying like oh is it just a load of people in a room just 
being like negative. I was like, no, that's no. the whole point. Yeah, but you we're so worried, it. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Because, because again, our experiences are of those slightly uncomfortable situations where you do have to like, yeah. you know, I'm thinking of team bonding days yeah yeah and a lot of people ask me if um our groups are sort of hard chairs in a village hall in a circle you know it's really drafty yeah Yeah. but i think actually having having the space in person to build those friendships and people don't open up always on the first night you know of course they don't but if they're coming along monthly they're seeing people regularly they're more able to say actually I've had a really tough time with this or I'm a bit scared about counselling or you know whatever it is and then sort of open up in that way and that's mirrored with having that online space where actually you can be a little bit it, it seems less brave because you're a little bit more anonymous even though you're still yourself you're almost like your profile rather than sort of in person having to open up that much and so the Facebook group that we have to sort of go alongside the in-person group is such an important place for people to say oh, I'm struggling today today's a sad day or today's a real really hard day whatever it is and I think that having both of those is is really helpful because one without the other I feel would not be sort of experiencing then the full range of emotions and and supporting that person sort of holistically because of course if it's a good enough day to sort of get out of bed get your face and makeup on and go out to an event it's probably not the day you're struggling the most so then to have the Facebook group where you can you can still be honest about those days as well. It's really helpful. And again, I think it's the positive of having this social media space, like these platforms, because it's the positive side of this stuff, you know, rather than using it as the faceless in a negative. Definitely. And, you know, social media has so many issues with it and there's so much horrible negativity on there and the trolling and the bullying is awful. But actually for me, it's been a really positive space. And it's even if it's one of those days where you can't even get out of bed and all you can do is scroll through Instagram, if you are following the right sort of accounts and if you've sort of created an online world that is a positive and uplifting place for you, exactly, then actually being sad, is okay again because oh look this person that I follow and admire is also sad today so that must mean it's okay to be sad 100% I think of um actually one of the guests we had uh Porth Jess Jess Siggers who came to speak at the event and she is so honest on her Instagram and that's what caught our eye because you don't see that in mainstream media as much and it's so refreshing it's so important and to anyone listening to this who is currently on their phone Go onto Instagram right now and just unfollow all of those accounts that are not supporting you and making your mental health better. I don't care if it's Beyonce or JLo or whoever it is. so good in that outfit. It's just not helpful. (laughs) And I've been really careful in these last few years, having had a time when my mental health was not great, actually only following people who really create like this positive 
experienced for me online. And obviously within the grief community, you wouldn't think that it's a happy, joyful feed. And there's loads of people saying, you know, this is a sad thing, this is a tough thing, this is a really hard day. But they're doing it in a way that is supportive and uplifting and kind that actually makes you feel sort of okay. Maybe not amazing, but at least okay and supported. And again, the word I hear you use there is the positive. You know, it's not that it's this eternal sunshine. It's the positivity of the discomfort, yeah. you know, being held and supported. These, it's so funny with these conversations. I, the words of like supported, connected, these things come round. Yeah. Yeah, come round and round again. That's it. And like you said before, when you were saying that, I was like, I felt, you know, my whole heart, it's like, it's so simple. But we make it so, there's an amazing meditation I do that says we make life so inordinately complicated. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Well, because it's tough out there. Yeah. It's yeah. really tough. Yeah. It can feel it really is. tough. And that's why it's so exciting to have, yeah, conversations like this, organisations like ours. I'm going to put us in there yeah, as well. No, no, we're not quite no, in the same field. No, for sure though, because it's, it's really breaking down those taboos and just starting to get people to talk more. Obviously with Let's Talk About Lots, all we ever say is just be honest and be open open and really talk and even if you can only manage a few words and it's really hard to say them by talking about things and sharing things it's so healthy and it's so good for you sad what a woman that she's so amazing not only for actually starting up this i would say movement because it absolutely is and embracing everybody and everyone's different reactions but she's so incredibly positive and Mm. just for her individual experience and she's turned that into the most amazing energy and i think she's brilliant without (laughs) here big fans but honoring the pain and grief of it too i think that's what i found so particularly inspiring is it's not this thing of brushing it over oh everything's fine positive is it it's like it's got a real depth and authenticity yeah i think that the positivity comes from just that the fact that she is fully willing to embrace every emotion that she has within this very complicated situation mm. and that's obviously what talk wordy to me is all about it's acknowledging it it's embracing it it's going for it it's owning it and it feels like she's sort of living what we are talking about discovering it's absolutely amazing. and spreading that out into other other branches and other yeah. communities it's, yeah. it's super inspiring so massive thanks to beth so it's quite a, kind of a funny old time at the moment. Yeah, I don't know when you're listening to this, but live, beep, 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 live uh, news <laughs> of this evening is that we are in the middle of coronavirus and that um, public gatherings have been stopped. So um, that's what's happening right now. Um, that's the context. Yes. But we'll be back in some shape or form for sure, whether that's something in the summer, a series in the autumn, a new look type of series. We're currently hashing out a lot of different ideas and plans and the best place to find out more about those is on our social media uh talk wordy to me bristol on facebook and on instagram we'll be posting news as and when i mean you know live updates from corona is nothing on a live update from talk, <laughs> talk wordy. edge of your seat stuff but you know what whatever the weather in whatever form that we can do it we are absolutely passionate still about connecting people and having ourselves connected with others and so whether that be via the podcast whether that be via social media if we're not able to be together in a room we'll make it happen and we really want to keep these conversations going and we hope that you'll join us for them yes please can't wait can't wait for more natterings and if you have any ideas by the way of words that you want to chat about do get in touch we're always on the lookout for that aren't we 100 percent. yes 
So yeah, ping us a message on Facebook or on Instagram, or you can find our email as well. While we're talking about all of this kind of jazz, a rating or a review on podcast would be really appreciated. We We'd love be really stars. grateful. Also, we've started getting a bit of reviewing on Facebook. Ooh! I know, sure. So again, if you fancy dropping one on there, we'd be super grateful. Um, yeah, it makes such a difference to how people can find us and, you know, listen to these conversations. So thanks if you've done one and big thanks in advance if you're about to go and do one now. Um, so as it's the end of our second series of events, we thought we'd finish this episode off slightly different to uh, usual uh, with some of the chat that we've had back about talk wordy in general what people have found when they've come to the events how they found the experience to kind of give you a bit more of an idea if you haven't been yet and you're kind of tempted to pop along hopefully this might convince you sad you feel very in a safe place that you know it's not going to get any it's not going to get awkward there's not going to be any sort of fluff it's going to be a nice seamless transition into the next link and yeah, it's very uh, comforting. And yeah, I think I was chatting about it when we were saying, like, we were joking we should have one how to speak because we were so petrified about actually speaking publicly. Um, but it's a space where you feel that you can do it and still be frightened, but no one's going to start laughing at you or you're going to say something odd and that's going to be an issue. Um, so yeah, it's like for folks who are quite anxious about speaking generally, it's quite a safe place to do it and then come away from it feeling stimulated. What I really like is that and I sense Bristol's quite good at this anyway, was that the world kind of seems less and less tolerant to other people's views, and, like, you you shouldn't discuss stuff. There's, like, this... this And the word binary was used tonight. There's, like, a right or a wrong, and anything grey is, like, the Twitter, like, shout the other person down. When the truth is there's rarely a right answer, like, at all. Like, and actually... The more we talk to people who we think have got the completely opposite views to us, the more we'll probably find common things in that, like commonality. Yeah, and the, the safe space to have a different opinion, I think that's a really important thing. But I think it's true though, and you know, that's what's written on your side. I'm not saying that because that's what you want me to say. Um, but actually, I think that is what we should encourage. And I think honestly, if topically, if our political leaders could actually sit down and have a chat and not just attack each other but talk about what they agree on, they'd probably find much more that's similar. Wouldn't help their campaigns. But. <laughs> yeah, it's such an open floor rather than being just two people talking and a group listening. Like, it was opened up really early to the floor. I just uh, found the evening um, a really safe space. It was amazing to see so many people come to talk about the word and how many different um, impressions it gives people, like how they react emotionally. I, I suppose when I knew what it was going to be about, I started thinking in a certain way and then it didn't go that way at all. Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. I just thought it was a really good way to kind of meet other similar-minded people, be able to kind of hear what they were thinking. So, yeah, really, really interesting. So, thank you. Well, I've lived here five, six years and I've never been to the Albatross. So, that was a real privilege to have my first experience and really refreshing with so many people just to talk about something that we've all got our own experiences of, uh, our own opinions of. And I think the, the house guidelines were well, well honoured. You know, like everyone was very open and respectful, but there was also a bit of. Um, yeah, disagreement, healthy disagreement, and um, just really nice to both express how you feel, but also listen properly. And uh, listening to people is an art in itself, and it was really refreshing to 
be in a space where everyone listens and is attentive. I loved tonight. I thought it was beautiful to experience an open space to hear so many different voices come together and differing voices as well. I think it's so interesting how like one word can have so many sort of branches coming out of it. Like tonight was really good. There were like 40 people in the room. Everyone felt intimate without being afraid and intimate without being too close and people were able to talk. I chatted to people already who were like, I would never normally talk about these things, and they did. And like, it just has that really nice, like, buzz of positive energy. You know, like, if you have a beer, and then you have two beers, and then you're like, really happy, and then three or four, it gets a bit weird. This is like the two beer territory. It's really lovely. So yeah, that's, I really enjoy it. Sad.